Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. The Dreamcatchers is a full service career and brand identity firm. We are professional connectors who specialize in taking an idea and making it a reality. Whether you're looking to land the dream job, build a small business, or plan an upcoming event, we can help. And if we can't, we know someone who can. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Matter, we will shine light on a hot and relevant topic that means something to us, and we are sure will mean something to all of you. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more at www.thedreamcatchers.life or find us on Instagram at thedreamcatchers23. Let's get dreaming. Um, We're still there. For 10 more minutes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. We are here today for a special episode of What's the Matter, which we haven't done in a while because we were kind of trying to figure out what we felt about this particular guest and this particular topic. And we really feel like it's a matter that we want to discuss, not just a word. So welcome back to the Dreamcatchers for What's the Matter. We're going to talk about positive mindset today, which I think is very poignant for everyone, but in particular in regards to children. So welcome. I'm Jamie, my sister Marissa. Hi. Um, We've been busy. This is our third episode in a few weeks, which we hadn't done three in a row like this in a long time. So thanks for listening. We're live here today at a shared universe at Bellworks. Thank you so much to Bellworks and Shared Universe for having us today. And welcome to Deanna, who we're going to introduce in a second to... Actually, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Sure. Um, We're also on LinkedIn today and Facebook today. So you see me looking down. I'm just sharing across all platforms. So go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. So I'm so happy to be here. My name is Deanna Blasi Diandino, and I am the founder and owner of the Mindset Tapestry. So tell us about the Mindset Tapestry. Just a quick quickie overview because we're going to unpack it but tell us what that is so we are first of its kind self-affirming mirror talk for kids wow self-affirming mirror talk for kids it's different you can show you can show the box so i just was opening i was just opening the box the kit by the way those are fresh those came in last night from the manufacturer love it freshies fresh fresh manufactured tapestries inside the box which is absolutely adorable it says, at the end of 30 days, your child will have 30 affirmations or positive beliefs posted around the mirror as they look at themselves. This will build character and foster a love for themselves, build their self-esteem, and give them the power to take on their little lives with confidence. All the while, they will know you were and always will be right next to them, supporting their unique individual person with a deep love and respect for who they are, your child. So the, the kind of couple days I've been having, I might need to Velcro these right to my head. Yeah. Correct. Do How it. do you feel about Same. that? Um, Velcro where you need them. You know, I'm 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 <laughs> probably a, a bunch of years older than you, but there's a tongue-in-cheek memory that this is bringing for me, which was based on probably science and fact because I was too young at the time to understand it. But there was a famous SNL skit for many I've many been years. Told about this. Yes. So it was like you. I can't think of his <clears> name I have now. To Google it. My brother-in-law would know his name off the top of his head, but um, 
there was a famous SNL skit when I was growing up where you would look in the mirror and you would say something. What was it? Jamie? Positive affirmation. Yeah, it was positive affirmation. I literally don't know. You don't know this? No. I'll look it up. Oh, I can't because my phone's over there. Um, I'll look it up. But trying it, to tag you. On it Facebook. was. Um, it's like you. I like you, and it, but it was. Yeah. It was a. It I'll was look it an up. SNL point of view. I've never seen it. If you're listening, comment if you know. Um, wait, hold on. SNL positive affirmation. Here it is. Comes right up. Is it Bill Hader? No, this is before. Wait, him. Michael Jordan? Oh, this must have been when Michael Jordan was a. Uh, like we're talking I when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were no, of course. It must have been a thing. Which it must is have been would have been when it started. Time. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> I see it here. What was his name? He had like oh, a gray hair. Okay, so first of all, the the name of the character is Stuart Smalley, which I totally remember. Totally. Um, and it was performed by Al Franken. Yes. Um, shout so out to SNL, which we still was it watch the eighties or yeah. the early nineties? Eighties and ni- early nineties. Oh no, early nineties, nineteen ninety one. Yeah. So um, I was in eighth grade. That's oh why I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even realize why that was funny. Right, you, and it really—it's actually funny that they had that on SNL because were people doing positive affirmations then? I guess so. I guess so. Maybe I guess it was it starting. Was like a, I really think it was like a woo-woo thing. Like totally. I think people weren't taking it seriously. No the one way thought that we do now. Woo-woo. 1991. The definition of woo-woo would have been Stuart Smalley or Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Correct. And it's very generational. Yes, I yep. would. I would have been laughed at for sure. That's okay, me too. <laughs> trying to find you on Facebook and I'm having trouble. This my young friend to the left just told me she just joined Facebook, which is hilarious. Well, I had it in my college days. Yes, yeah. deleted. And now that I have a business, I feel like maybe I should. But yes, we gotta, of, you, we gotta get you. We gotta get you tagged. Social media. There's a lot of D- Deanna Diandinos, and I don't it know. It might which just one. be the, the mindset tapestry. All right, so let me try. It's anyway, page. I don't know. so tell us a little bit. Obviously, this is what you you're say doing her now. name well. Well, thanks. Say it again. Deanna Diandino. Yeah. I wasn't born with that name, by the way. But it goes well. It does. It actually does. It's That's a why I keep my, my maiden name. I made it my middle name. Say your I full name for one. me. Deanna Blasi D'Andino. Okay. okay. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I married... You're Irish, right? Yeah, right. Scottish, <laughs> <laughs> When I married Dave and took on a name that has an S, a Z, and a T as the first three letters, I remember being like... What am I? I literally went from Klein to Stozer, which I like the way Stozer sounds, but it's every single day of my life. S is in Sam, Z is in Zebra, yeah, T is in Tom, and everyone's difficult. like, "There's a T there." <laughs> like, correct. I tried to convince my husband to just take Blasey, yeah, but he wouldn't have it. All right, well, it sounds good. Both, um, of, them, both of them are great. I like an, I like a long, a strong Italian name. Yeah, same. Thanks. All right, so we digress. Tell us. Let's back up a little bit. Our first question is always the same, and we love this to kind of correlate what this answer is and what you're doing now. Marissa is really good at that. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Because I'm guessing it wasn't creating positive mindset tapestries for children. No, it was a fashion designer. Isn't that funny? Isn't that I funny? love that. I don't know the last time someone we asked someone that and they said that. I actually went to Maris College for fashion. Oh, you did? Oh, we yes. love Maris for fashion. So, they fun fact. Program. Yes. Fun fact. Hi, Cassie. Um, oh, yeah, Cassie. Jamie and I have gone to Marist two times, maybe yeah, we, three. Someone from our team has gone. We've gone, our old team, we went at least twice, if not three times, to speak to the fashion department. Because one of our girls yeah, that worked for us. The fashion industry. Correct. Yes. We were fashion media recruiters, mostly fashion. And one of the <clears> girls that worked for us for many years, Cassie Conlon, who I just um, tagged, hopefully she sees that. 
she went to Marist. I wonder and she, what year she graduated. She was 2014, maybe, okay. 15. Um, and she was a huge, you know, obsessed with Marist, Red Foxes, Go Yay. It's an amazing school. Um, and amazing school, close to the city, can still kind of do some of those internships. So shout out to Marist because that was one of our biggest... There was a lot of fun for us. Pools when we were at that at that stage, pulling in people that graduated Marist great fashion program. Okay, so you went yes. to school for fashion. Did you and PR? So, so you wanted to be a fashion designer, and then you went to school for it. Well, Ish. So is that your so, earliest memory of what you wanted like, to be when you were little? As a child, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I would make my own purses. I mean, I, I would like hot glue them. I didn't know how to sew. Like yeah. I was just like super creative. I love clothes. My mom definitely instilled that in me. Um, then I went to Maris and I was like, you know, I think I took some drawing classes in Fairhaven, actually. I remember my mom putting me in that when I was in high school. And I remember being like, I don't know if I want to do this exactly. I'll go to school for fashion merchandising. Yeah. Like that Thinking whole the business visual of fashion. aspect of it and like merchandising, that seemed exciting to me. So, oh, so I, you're local. You're from Yeah, there. I grew up in Middletown and Homedale. Got it. Um, so, yeah, and then I went to Maris for PR and fashion merchandising, and I did all the internships. I studied abroad in London. I interned there at a fashion PR agency, and then I went to New York City to mm -hmm. get my first job, and that's when I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, welcome to the party. I don't, I don't know if, uh, <laughs> foundationally, I am aligned with this culture mm -hmm. but I love the creative yeah aspect of it you know I do think um it's a separation of for lack of a better way of putting it church and state right so like you what did we talk and I should have known I sat down the first three words we said to each other is you liked this bow yeah right and for me, I have loved clothes my entire life. That's what life. I remember of people. I yes. won't remember their name, but I'll remember exactly what everything they wore, they're wearing. Or how they put something together <laughs> yes. or how they present themselves. To me, it was always art. And that came from my mother and my grandmother also. Um, and I just, I've always loved clothes. But the business itself is not for the faint of heart. No. For sure. And we talk about this all the time because as fashion media recruiters and now career coaches, when you move to New York City, the big bad city, even if we're from so close by, which we were as well, North Jersey, there's only like three major avenues to go in in New York City-ish. Yeah. You go into the entertainment or the media space, you go into the fashion space, or you're in finance. Yeah. And then there's people that are kind of dabbling in between, of course. and Like a tech person yeah, or but, a lawyer. But they're also yeah. potentially part of those three major industries in some capacity. And so so many of us, myself included, you know, I wanted to do music PR, then I tripped into beauty, so I was in kind of beauty and fashion. She started in fashion, you started in fashion. It's like three, you know, 100% of this table did something in that area and then kind of figured it out from there. And one of the things we're super passionate about is trying to intersect, you know, in college and right out of college so that some of these folks can make the choice that you made later on earlier. And be more purpose. Yeah, purpose-driven. Right, purpose-driven. Because I think we all are, like, obsessive with, like, this glamorous lifestyle of working in fashion, and then you start, and you're like, whoa. And also, <laughs> I think it's like... Like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I think it's also, like, where we grew up. Yeah. And, like, 
I grew up, my dad commuted to the city every single day. Yeah. Yep. Everyone I knew, that's what their dads that's did. That's what you did. Not necessarily their moms at the time, but that's what their dads did. And I knew our generation was going to be different. I was going to be a working mom. Yeah. I guess I'm just going to go to the city. Like, yep. that's yeah, what, that's what you that's do. That's what I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a finance person. Mm-hmm. Nope. I can barely do math. So right. that wasn't right. going to be my route. Right. I'm not like my dad in that sense, but I'm so hardworking. Yeah. Like, and I want to succeed, so I'm creative. I'll go into fashion. Yep. Yeah, and you were always interested in it, so that's so interesting. Okay, so what was your what was your first job? Like, not just right out of school. Like, what was the first thing you ever did for a paycheck? Eckerd in Lincroft. Oh, my gosh. Eckerd. Wait, there was an Eckerd in Lincroft? It's, it's what the right it is. We know that from Florida, but yeah, I didn't it was know a Florida it was called chain. Eckerd then. Here. Yeah. Wait, that's it was so like funny. like Eckerd in Publix. We know that from Florida, but yeah. I didn't know that. So we're from North Jersey. I didn't know that the Rite Aids, or like before Rite Aid was Eckerd here too. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. So you worked like what? Register? Yeah. You're like retail? Like high school or maybe like right. I don't know. I don't know the time frame, but that was like my first paying job. But I love that because it teaches you. I mean, we talk about this with new grads specifically all the time, but in general, like being a waitress or working in retail, like you can't teach those skills. Like, you literally have to just do them in order to yeah, understand totally. customer service, balancing, like, the day, all of the things. Okay, so your first job was in retail, but a different type of retail. Yes. And then what about right out of school? What was your first job when um, you started working in fashion? I started working for Vince Camuto. Yeah. I Actually, they own the license for Jessica Simpson, mm-hmm. and I was her creative assistant. Oh, funny. For Jessica? For the creative director. Got it. Of her fashion brand. They were a client of ours for Was a that J3? At the mm-hmm. time? It was Vince Camuto proper. Yes. But in the New York City office, not Connecticut. New York City. Yeah. Yeah, because there's I travel to Greenwich often mm-hmm. for their sample mm-hmm. sales, for their mm-hmm. shoes. But. Wonderful. Okay, so we actually supported a lot of the same types of businesses for a long time. because Jessica so Simpson, whoever was doing their shoes for a while, side note, they were comfortable. Yeah, comfortable. And very and, tall. And, a, and, and cute. very stiletto Yes, very yes. stiletto Yeah, very affordable. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's actually a really interesting point, just to sidebar for a second, because a lot of our listeners are thinking about this. You know, most people, in my opinion, obviously, would have heard of Jessica Simpson footwear, right? Right. So when you're getting out of college, you're a graduate of Marist. How did you get that job, by the way? Was it through your Marist connections, do you remember? It might have been, no. Um, might have been through a another internship okay. I had prior to so that. So the reason I say that is, like, we're not, like, leaving college dreaming of working for... You know, that's not necessarily on your list of dream jobs necessarily, no. but you didn't, because working in shoes, but yeah. you didn't know that a brand out there was called Vince Camuto, who actually owned the license for Jessica Simpson footwear, which you had heard of. Yeah. So what I would always educate our, our candidates back in the day to be like, all right, walk into Bloomingdale's, walk into Macy's, walk into wherever you buy a shoe, and pick up each shoe and tell me what who makes it. Yeah. And then you look them up, and it's actually not the brand that makes it. There's right. private label, which is you went to a fashion school. But anybody right out of school that didn't go to fashion school. They don't even know those They things. don't even know that private label is a thing. And that there's all these companies out there that they could be applying to that make things that Absolutely. they've heard of. Anyway, that's just a sidebar. Okay. So you start in fashion, and take us a little bit on your journey of your aha moment. Well, and when you switched. The aha moment came much later. Yeah. Probably a decade after. So did you work in fashion that whole time? I literally lasted in a year and a half. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what did you do a year and a half in? Is that when so, you decided to go to become a teacher? Yes. So I was there Which in the I city almost did as well. hustling. Same. I was like, I love the creative aspect of this. I thought it was 
pretty good at it, but my boss at the time, like I just wasn't being as, I feel like I don't want to speak on behalf of the whole fashion industry. Of course not. But it's a little rough. Yeah. Um, I felt like I was a little bit back in high school. Mm-hmm. Toxic energy. Mm-hmm. And there was just no mentorship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying before, with the, I didn't expect there to be this like immense amount of glamour to it. I mean, I was sweating, trekking through the city with giant trunks. Like, yep. <laughs> like you know. I, I actually think, and I can say this with love about fashion, the way the business has changed, like direct-to-consumer and all that stuff, it's, oh, it it's evolved yeah. so much. I can also say, you know, it's an industry that a lot of the firms are three days a week or four days a week. That blows my mind. They came so far, yeah. right? However, culture day-to-day expectation and what needs to get done in order to produce product Mm -hmm. will never change. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I don't care what generation you are. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, people that can do that job are a certain kind. Yeah. Right. And I, I think, was looking down the line. We're on LinkedIn today? Mm -hmm. Hey to everyone. Hey, guys. (laughs) Talking about you. Yeah. I just think down the line I was thinking of, like, also, I'm just such a beach person. Yeah. As yeah. much as I love New York City, like, I, w- I wasn't going to be like my dad and do the commute. Yep. That's too draining for me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to, like, raise a family there. Like, I yeah. just didn't see it. So. Mm-hmm. Twins. I mm-hmm. pivoted, and I was like, I want to be more fulfilled, and I'm creative. Maybe I'll just do teaching. Yeah. So I applied to Monmouth. I got into their master's program, and I just did it. Mm-hmm. And I want to say there was a lot of thought behind it, but... I'm very, like, intuition-based, and it just, like, Same. felt right. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really think too much about it, and now, looking back and thinking about where I am, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was kind of just, like, I don't know, like, going for it and not... You're like, yeah. I can have the summer off and go to the beach. This yeah, is a good like, choice. I yeah. also reconnected with my high school sweetheart, and I knew we were going to get married, and he is not a New York City guy. He was never going to move to New York City. Mm-hmm. He's from Atlantic Highlands. Like, he just wanted to stay. I mean, he's literally in this building right now. He works at Bellworks. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't see it. Even though I was leaving all my friends there from Marist, like, that was my community. Mm-hmm. But I was just stressed to the max. And I was like, I don't know if I even it's like literally who I am right now. Literally, yeah. the 90% of the people that we help. Right, it's like yeah. right. I should have met you then. Yeah, we should have, but um, but <laughs> I'm sorry you were we meant didn't. you were meant to do what you did, and I think so many of us had that same, you know, for lack of a better way, like wake up aha moment, and think about maybe going back to school to become a teacher. I did it. I thought about it. Um, I almost became a teacher. I've taught over the years in different ways, but I had never became a teacher. Yeah. And now, what's interesting is my dream job. When somebody says like, "What did you want to be when you grew up?" Mine was a dance teacher or a dancer. Okay. So, like, to be able to teach in the ways that I teach now by mentoring others, the podcast, things like right. this. This is still, when you think about what teaching is, it's communicating a message to a captive listener. Yeah. So, here I am instead. There you go. Um, so, do you want to correlate fashion designer to this? Because I think it's a pretty easy correlation. So, I, I think, um, well, the tapestry is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, I, think that, I think that she noticed her sensitive side. Mm-hmm. Um, and a sensitive person, a softer skilled, I shouldn't say softer skilled, but a sensitive person is going to struggle in that industry. They just yes. are. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, there are many of us, myself included, 
that absolutely loved my experience in fashion. Yeah. And when I look back on it, it's one of the reasons why I was able to grow up. Mm-hmm. Because there's one thing about being sensitive. I am proud of it. It's one of my best skills. At the time, I did not know how to be sensitive and also be professional. Okay. Um, also, we weren't taught how to do that in my generation. Right. We didn't have these. Right. So um, in my generation, it was like, you don't cry at work, get it together. The mm-hmm. emotional intelligence, was, intelligence right. wasn't necessarily the, and the And <laughs> no. the patience, and the patience for having feelings. Now, granted, I think that there's probably a happy balance between some of the, and I, I say this with love, some of the way we were raised, and I say me because I'm a generation older than you, but, and then also, you know, now giving too far of a, 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 a gentle lead for getting into the workforce. Um, but, but, I, I survived it for seven or eight years, um, and my resume looked like someone threw up on it. And I finally started my own staffing firm mm-hmm. as a, under an umbrella of my father's business, which he had no interest in having us, and I went anyway, okay. right? And I was helping people like you. So there were several of the Deannas at the time that I put into the Vince Camutos, and you know they managed for a few years, and then sure enough, right. like Phoenix in the Rising, they become teachers. And that's okay, yeah. because there's enough people that want to work in fashion that can handle it right. if the rest of us are too. We're too soft. Yeah. We're supposed to be using our skills otherwise. And I think it was also for me, like the fulfill- fulfillment aspect. Yes. Like I was looking for, and there's nothing wrong with having a career in fashion, and that's fulfilling enough for you. Or it. Of course, there's nothing wrong you with you. In a way, but at the end of the day, it's but a sweater. For me, it that's yes. exactly it. Like. I am staying up to 2 o'clock in the morning answering emails. I am traveling to L.A. on the weekends for not that much money. Nope. Let me mind you. No, yeah. Not and that much money. Like, actually, like, n- honestly, no like money. Like, honestly, like a teacher salary. Yeah. I'm trying to live in New York City. You have to look a certain way. And I, mm-hmm. I well, that part I loved. Yeah. That was, like, the part. That was, that like was the, the only part. part. And, but... You know, it wasn't like feeding my soul. Mm-mm. I had the same issue, and that's why I ended up becoming a recruiter, because when I was in PR, my last major client that I was working on was Secret Deodorant. And shout out to Secret, which was a huge blessing for, in my life, because I absolutely loved working on it. However, I remember I had this like moment where I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm arguing, not arguing, but like chatting, arguing with my client, who at the time your client is an editor of, a, now they're influencers, but mm-hmm. an editor at a magazine. And we're mm-hmm. having this conversation about how she's, you know, you missed the, the deadline for the gym issue, and now we're not going to be able, this was like probably in the, the winter or the spring, and she was like, we're not going to be able to put secret in again until the summer, about, you know, talking about sweat. Like, I don't know about you, but I sweat all year long and wear deodorant every day, so I don't <laughs> know why you can't just write about secret now and I remember it was like well you know the deadlines and the this and that I'm like the fact that I am fighting with someone about putting deodorant like the minutiae into their issue I was like this is not what I'm meant to be doing it's just you know like I loved the negotiating piece and I loved the client service part and there was a lot about that job that I did love Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong but when I went to my HR person which I tell this story all the time and she said to me what is it that you actually love about what you do None of my answers were my job. They were like <laughs> the internship program and the bulletin board and the newsletter. And she's like, that's HR and internal communications. And I'm like, oh, so that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But I do think there's something to be said 
for experiencing things that are uncomfortable for a little while. Agree. So that you can become wise. And comfortable. And also, comfortable to. how you figure it out? Yes. It's no different than, it's like, you know, dating, real hard knocks of life allow Not you to have wisdom. Not all of us wisdom. are with our high school sweethearts. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, she <laughs> gotta like, you gotta kiss some frogs. You gotta kiss some frogs. Okay, so that said, tell us more about the Mindset ta- Tapestry. So you taught for how long? All right, so I taught for about eight years. Okay, and what um, age specifically did you have? I actually the whole time taught third grade special education. Amazing. Oh, I, I love, love that. third grade. I have a second grader, so like, it's such a good good age. Second grade is, I I would say that second into third has been my favorite age of both my boys. Like, this is when they're responsible and, but still sweet. They're self-sufficient, but they still want to please you and, like, they don't, they're not, like, rebellious yet. Agree. I run a program every year for third graders, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. That particular age is just... You just want to get in there and like keep all but of it safe. But you can safe. joke around. Yeah. With them yes, yeah, they have humor. Age. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. They're incredible. So I've been—I was a camp counselor for many years, and now I work at my kids' sleepaway camp in the summers. And so my age is fourth, going into fifth. So it's a little bit older, but um, when and when I was a counselor, I always used to say third was my favorite. So I—I'd say that sweet spot of like eight to ten is such a good age because they're like not tweeny yet. They're—they're they're, they can tie your sh- their shoe. They you know they can do the things. Um, well, my, my almost You're not blowing is, is not nose. amazing at tying shoes because nowadays everything's Velcro <laughs> or slip on. But um, anyway, okay, so you're third grade teacher, special education, yeah. which obviously takes a ton of patience, a ton of other skills that you probably honed in school at Monmouth. Um, so walk us through what yeah. led you here. So the way it kind of came to be was I was teaching. I thought I was going to possibly one day end up with my pension at 60, 65 years old. Like, I don't know. I couldn't really conceive of that, but I was like, I guess this is what I'm doing. And um, COVID happened. Yeah. COVID happened. That is literally the sentence that, like, we say about our business, but, like, every single guest is like, and then COVID happened. And things changed. Like, the whole landscape changed. And I actually had both of my pregnancies through that. Mm. And so that's fun. I was changing <laughs> tremendously. So, as how old well. are your kids? Three and a half and one and a half. Mm-hmm. Your boys or girls? Two boys. I can see that, right? Yeah. Boy, yeah. boy mom, same. And, I'm wearing my boy mom bracelet. Oh, it's cute. Yeah. So, what happened was I was teaching, taught through COVID, and I'm like, oh my God, the yeah. mental, like the state that these children are in. And, like, I taught in a district where there wasn't a lot of home support. So these poor children- Where did you teach? In Jackson. Mm -hmm. Their parents, you know, were struggling to, just like we all were, but like a lot of them didn't, already were kind of living through traumatic experiences and Mm. then now this happens. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, I'm a very empathetic person, but I felt like I was really affected by this. I think now too, because I'm a new mom, yeah. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, if my child was in this classroom, like like it was just so scary to me. Mm. And so then I actually got pregnant again. And, you know, I don't think we were wearing masks at this time, but I was teaching and we still had some like, like everyone was still just like, it was the fallout of COVID. Like no one was okay yet. Mm. We're still I'm not, not sure if anyone's okay <laughs> yeah, we're still. still. Okay. By the way, we're still not, but it was like, we were just like trying to like, pick ourselves up Mm. 
and things were going back into place and um i got covid at seven months pregnant oh no and it was really bad and it kind of turned into a myriad of other health issues i got gestational diabetes right after i think covid spiked that and my son had a, a heart arrhythmia in utero and i just could not handle life like mm. I'm huge, I'm teaching in front of 25 kids, they're so anxious, they're so depressed. Now I'm in that state. Mm. Like, it, I just felt like, what's gonna happen to my son? What, like I, and I'm an overthinker, so I'm like, just snowballing, it's, it's not good. Yeah. And I definitely, looking back, had like early onset postpartum mm -hmm. that I didn't realize at the time, but I had to take a medical leave, I had to take my maternity leave earlier. It's just not okay. Yeah. And so everything wound up resolving itself, had a wonderful birth, everything, and then postpartum depression hit. And I had, I was just in the lowest low. Like, I didn't know you could feel that horrible. Mm. Like, I, I remember, like, I'm actually triggered by talking about it. I remember my son doing, like, his first soccer lessons. And I told my husband. You're talking to two empaths, so now I'm going to start crying. Now I'm too, crying so. too. I told. Because we get I it. told him I, I can't go. Like I cannot. I physically can't get out of bed. Mm. Like I just want to. Like I was in a black hole. And at nights I would sometimes drive to the beach, and just curl up in a ball. In my car and just cry. But the ocean is healing. So and I'm I would glad you take my beach. location off my phone mm. so no one could track me. Mm. And it was just unbelievable I had to extend my maternity leave I couldn't go back to work and I feel like I missed like the first six months of my second child's life um then I started to seek help I started to work out a lot I considered going on medication I was going to therapy and slowly but surely I started to pull myself out of it and one of the ways I did that was when I did go back to work, I was driving to work and I was saying positive affirmations to myself. Deanna, you are brave. You are an amazing teacher. You're gonna go into that school and the kids are gonna be happy to see you and you're gonna make a difference. And I know you miss your son, but you're gonna see him afterward. You're gonna do this after dinner. Like I was just talking to myself. Yeah. And at red lights, I'd pull down the mirror and I would look at myself and that was so powerful mm -hmm. and like, in those moments, I was like, holy shit, like this, sorry if I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. <laughs> I'm like, this is working. Like, I am actually trans, like, I'm transforming my brain. Mm -hmm. Like, I have never been at such a low point, and I'm day by day taking myself out of that. What if I can do this for kids? What if I can give my kids a tool that they can use when life hits hard? And they can pull themselves it out of it because they have a toolbox. Like, I didn't have that. I never experienced any kind of real pain like that. Mm. And so I was doing the advent calendar with my son, and it clicked. Mm. And I was like, kids are obsessed with, like, they need to be engaged to learn, mm -hmm. first of all. Mm -hmm. Children can't, you can't just talk to them. You can't say, look in the mirror and say, tell yourself you're brave. Say, I am brave. No, they need to be involved. They yeah. need to pull something. They need to stick something. They need to see themselves. Like, they need that tactile sensory element mm. to the learning experience. 
And looking in the mirror, the kids love looking in the mirror. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they love they it. <laughs> it's so cute. And I was like, started looking online. I'm like, does this exist? And it didn't. Like, I saw positive affirmation cards that I don't know about your kids. My kids would throw them across the yeah. room. Yeah, especially and the boys. A, yeah. It's a component of my product, but the cards are really for the parent. Mm -hmm. The cards really aren't even meant for the kids to touch. Show them the visual, but the back gives education to parents because that's like something I learned as a teacher too. Parents in this generation especially want to be really intentional in how they raise their kids. They want a foundation of mental health for them, but we're so busy. Both mom and dad work today. Where do you fit that in and how do you do it and make it digestible for them? Mm -hmm. And that's what this product does. So Who drew all these? I did. I love that. Thank you. I mean, I'm no artist, but they're supposed to be kiddish. But little Deanna's in here. Let me see. Totally. Oh, that's so fashion designer yes. Deanna. Yes. I'm going to Check open it, it out. No, yeah, this do. This is so great. I love this so much. Thank you. I, I knew from the moment we spoke to you the first time that this was be this would be such a perfect conversation. I'm sorry you went through all that. Me too. Me but too. you know, like turn your pain into purpose, and a thousand percent. I mean, that's what do. wisdom is. I mean, I had gestational the first time, also. Rough. Not great. So rough. And then I had. I I think, looking back on it, I think I had postpartum just undiagnosed, but I had all sorts of issues with both my girls. And you know, I will tell you, you will be able. You said three and a half. Mm -hmm. um, you will be able to tell that story without the leaking in a couple more years Thank but you will never you will never it will never leave you no it's who i am now it's in my dna for sure oh, my right, second so kid almost this... killed me and i love her the most yeah it's i mean like... i love them both the most yeah, yeah, yeah but like yeah. you know i mean pregnancy pregnancy is also not for the faint of heart for no. some it's easy i don't think not we for get, me i don't think we get enough credit no, I, I, I agree. I agree. It's trauma to your body, to your hormones, to your mental, the, like, everything. Some people tolerate all of it. And you know what? Just go back to work after. Yeah, you're fine. Just, just go back to you're work. You're good. You're good. Put on real pants and yeah. go back to work. Totally. Real Hard pants. pants. Eight, weeks, eight weeks later totally. or whatever it is for it's some cruel. companies. It's, it's, it's absolutely cruel. And you'll, you'll, be, you'll feel fine. You'll be fine. Well, it doesn't matter if you feel fine. Just no. get over just it. Just go, and you'll leak. <laughs> And you have to just deal. <laughs> um, Leaking is like the least of it. Yeah, it's horrendous. Okay, so and not not enough people talk about that. So thank no. you for for sharing your story. Um, okay, so you have this click moment, which, by the way, you know, we're fully Jewish. Both my husband and I, we raise our kids celebrating Hanukkah, obsessed with Advent calendars. Okay, so and obsessed with like countdowns and touching things. And so actually, shout out to Rustic Eve. Our friend Eva started a company called Rustic Eve where she makes like the wooden handmade cute yeah. signs. She has this sign called the Countdown to Hanukkah. Love it. And it's like we just count down every day and we write it with a dry erase marker. And it broke this week. And she was kind enough to give us a new one and lives right in Fairhaven. So she's like my kids were like tears because their countdown was broken. So the the concept of counting down and touching and tactile. And love a routine. Is so it, it resonates like I can't explain. Like the, the meltdown over the broken countdown to Hanukkah sign the other night was like as if I took away his iPad for a week. Yeah. I was like, okay, we're gonna get another one, um, and he's gonna be eight. So this isn't even a toddler meltdown. That being said, we also have the advent calendars. So granted, my kids fully understand that they're counting down to something that they don't celebrate, <laughs> but they love opening the little thing and taking it out. 
And so my my husband just got it five below, like the Reese's and Hershey ones. So they're just like yeah. eating candy every day. <laughs> but they absolutely love it. So oh, I just remembered I didn't give my dog hers last oh, yeah. night. Okay. I gave, I'm doing one from Trader Joe's for Gypsy. Yes, and they have from Trader Joe's, which are so cute. Okay, so you, you're looking at the advent calendar. You know that you want to do something for these kids. How did you actually do this? Like, how did you conceptualize it, create it, produce it? Tell us a little bit about that. Here comes the fashion background. Yes, because we well, love this a... piece because it shows to our listener you can have this great idea, and then you have to figure out how the fuck to do it. You know what I mean? Right. So, so I, speaking of cursing. Because this like, is beautiful. Yes. Like you didn't mess around. Yes. Like, the no, packaging is beautiful. The box is well done. Yep. This is all sewn beautifully. This is a gorgeous thank product. You. Well, the aesthetic actually meant a lot to me. Yep. Um, I have an all-white house, which was a huge mistake with kids <laughs> and a dog. But I wanted it to be something that, like, someone can hang in their kids' room, sure. But if it makes more sense in their kitchen, it's not going to be this loud, Mm -hmm. primary colored thing Mm -hmm. that they're not going to want in their home. To have around, yep. Um, So that was important to me. Yep. I also just, in being, like, a a parent consumer, like, I just care the way, like, their things look. Yeah. Like toys. Like, I just, I don't know. I hate plastic. Like, yeah. I just needed it to be cute. Yes. Um, but the way I did it is a great question. I don't really know how I did this because <laughs> I'm like, how did I figure this out? I don't know. I don't know anyone who's ever made anything. I so don't know how did any you source? I mean, you have like, Velcro on here. These are safe. Like, these are like, yeah. I can tell that they're so safe. So, this, the step of it was, uh, like I said, I had COVID. I ordered. Every, I was isolated for seven days in my room. I ordered everything from Amazon, like a glue gun, and did the whole like talking about. You made like your sample. Seven, my prototype. Yeah, my first ever prototype. It's terrible. It's still in my room. Mm-hmm. But we that's like it. seven-year-old Deanna, like hot gluing like bags together. Like that's what I did. And I was like, oh, now I have my visual. I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. We take it out again, Mars. From oh, there, yeah. I kind of just sat on it for months, being like, oh, I can't really do this. this is so I'm cute. just a teacher. I don't have the money to do this. Well, that was the depression. Like, so yeah, cute. that was that. Yeah. So here's the mirror. And, you know, it is hard. Like, I had to, like, kind of talk myself into it, like, gain that confidence. Like, it's so cute. It's not going to be an easy journey. Like, but do I want it bad enough? And I do. And the, the mission behind this company is what drives me. I really believe that the next generation of children have it cut out for them. What is society gonna be like? Mm-hmm. What is our <laughs> earth gonna be like? Oh, God. They are gonna be responsible for that. Mm-hmm. How we raise them is so important. Think about like everything going on right now, like mm-hmm. AI. It's scary, mm-hmm. but if they don't have emotional intelligence and they can't treat each other like human beings, and treat themselves like human beings, how are they going to navigate this? Mm-hmm. So i that's the mission behind the Mindset Tapestry, like mental health and just getting back to like the bare bones of like humanity. Like I think it's also just a response to like how millennials were raised, how we all were raised. We all parent in response to how we were parented. Mm-hmm. And I had amazing parents. Mm-hmm. But like in a way society always also raises you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think of what I saw when I was, like, this formative eight-year-old watching Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera half-naked on the Mm -hmm. TV. Like, 
what is that teaching? Like, what did that teach me? Like, that affected me so much you more. You must listen to Britney's memoir. Just continue. Yeah, like, she was a child it herself. It will blow we, your mind. She was a child I still can't herself. recover, and I finished it, like, three weeks ago. And It'll we blow your just mind. watched that, and we, like, normalized that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We are much, I think, the generation of parents today are much more intentional on in how we're raising our children. Yeah. We're much more conscious. We, we almost overthink everything. Mm-hmm. From what we put in their mouths to how we talk to them. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really important. Like, yeah. you have to be mindful in the way you're raising the next generation. 100% agree. Okay, so I love this so much. So how did you go from this prototype to creating okay. this beautiful product? So then I was like, I'm going to get this made. And I first was on, like, reaching out to people. on. I didn't know where to go. I reaching out to people on Etsy that were making, like, advent calendars. Mm-hmm. I looked at the back of the tag on my advent calendar. Started to- I still talk to that woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Network the most when just you the least. Just on LinkedIn, yeah. um, reaching your, out to people. Yeah, I maybe actually, even former contacts at, at one point or another probably landed in somewhere that could have helped you. But, you know, that's what we probably would have advised you had right. we known you then. Like, the see ar- if there's somebody that worked at Vince Canamuto that, like, knows how to produce something. Um, the original product yeah. wasn't even going to be soft goods. Like, Silly Me was, like, trying to make it in silicone. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That was a terrible idea. But someone I wound up talking to was actually like, you do not want to do that. Yeah. It, I, my products made in silicone is way too expensive. Mm. I was like, that's right. Okay. Back to square one. Yep. And so I hired a designer. He kind of took my prototype and my vision. Where did you find him? LinkedIn? Upwork. Oh, okay. Mm, Upwork. Upwork. He's in Oregon, I believe, and or Washington. He's real. He was really amazing. And then I was like, now I got to find a manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And I really took me almost like seven months, maybe. Mm -hmm. I was on Alibaba trying Mm -hmm. to like find people, trying to like communicate. Mm -hmm. I don't speak that. Don't speak their language. They don't speak mine. It was scaring the hell out of me because I'm like, how am I going to take this huge risk? with this much investment and not have any kind of trusting relationship, like Mm -hmm. terrified. But the designer I used wound up referring me to some um, manufacturer that he had worked with in the past and I ordered a few samples and I was like, this is actually really nice. And kept doing it until it was perfect. And then I was like, you know what, I'm hitting go. And Mm -hmm. I'm resigning from teaching. And this is what I'm doing. Because and how long ago was that? Like yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Literally yesterday. Yeah. I yeah I didn't go back in September. Yeah, so it was pretty recent. So then, and what about the packaging? How'd you do that? Um, one of my best friends is in branding. Mm. He's had his whole career there. He's like a branding genius, and he hooked me up with someone who's he were, who he had worked with. So you and used your network, as we always tell people to do. So I have really smart to, friends. Yeah, They're smart all friends. smarter yeah. than me. Yeah. And I'm really lucky to be around them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You tapped into what, who you know. I, I think you did. I mean, just having looked at product and samples, I think you did a beautiful job. Thank really you so beautiful. Much. So tell us the plan. What What is your launch plan and how are you going to distribute and what's your goal? What's your dream as far as getting this into the right hands? Well, I think everyone's dream when they start a company or a brand is definitely D2C because mm-hmm. that's how you're going to make the most profit mm-hmm. but like what that requires is like an insane social presence yeah mm-hmm. we know that and I just got my inventory delivered yesterday 
Um, Here. But I have been working. In your garage? In my yeah. garage. Yeah. Yeah. I have been working on some pretty legitimate giftings that I'm hoping, because I don't have the budget to mm -hmm. hire some big PR firm in the city and like pay them on a retainer. Mm -hmm. Not in the cards for me right now. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I am working on some pretty legitimate giftings for celebrities and people who have actually given me their addresses because I think they just see this product and like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's different. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, somebody posts word it. spreads like that. Did or... you, did you, hey, here comes the dream catchers at work. Here we go. Did you happen to stop by the table the other day at the boutique of the woman who was running this beautiful little gift shop that has beautiful toys? The toys. Um, she toys. was on the window side of the room called Goldie Gifted. Toys. So her business is actually called Goldie Gifted because she comes from fashion PR and talent, and she started her own side hustle of gifting, like you're saying, to appropriate people, and then started oh, cool. curating Jenny, like baskets. Jenny, like, we're, we're gonna tag Jenny, and we will introduce the two of you, yes. because that's Amazing. what we do. Um, because you're, she should be taking a look at what you're doing. Okay, awesome. Because um, if she could get it into the right hands, similar to what um, Shannon, who I know you just met, yeah. shout out to Shannon at Mammoth Made Baskets, same concept, but to like talent and right, trying to awesome. give to the right people. And also just curating gift boxes for people locally, similar to Mammoth Made, but not all Mammoth Made yeah. goods the so way Shannon does. The thing does. with direct to consumer, and I always think about this from a small product standpoint, like you need one big hit, right? You get one big hit, then you're fulfilling all those orders. Hopefully. Or you're fulfilling local orders and becoming a local. Local celebrity, as a we local celebrity, which is not a bad thing. Which Marissa and I have decided to lean into, and quite frankly, right around when we decided to over the last couple of years, you'd be surprised how that ends up fulfilling you. Like somebody like Deanna reaches out to you blindly because she's heard of you and wants to be on your podcast, and we're like, wait, what? Like you know who we are, <laughs> uh, and that's like awesome in and of itself yeah, to yeah. like be known for what you do and what you're good at but we have, And we have so many cute little specialty stores around here. Oh my yeah. God, so many. I'm in Little Waves. Little oh, Waves wonderful. is adorable. Yes. And going to be in Distinctive Toys. Awesome. Terrific. Um, Learning Express. Yep, and that for you yep. is marketing because, by, by the way, that's hard because you're direct to consumer and these are the places where you're going to bring your retail math in, which I know for you and me was the worst of our yeah. skills. But when you're, se you're selling, they have to have that margin. Well, that's the thing. And you're going to be eat. You're you're basically not. You're eating into profit so that you can have the exposure. Exactly. And that's mm -hmm. the piece of the business now that although this is special and although it's emotional for it to be eating successful, eating into the profit so you can have the exposure. Hashtag podcasting. <laughs> that's why we do what we do. You, that, I mean, that's yeah. it. You, everything you do now is how you present yourself, mm -hmm. right? Um, so you'll see what sticks. What about going back into the schools? Have you thought about doing that? Yeah, I was that? thinking that too. So, like selling to yes. the schools or the PTAs, things like that. I have thought about going into schools. I mean, I would love to see this in schools. Yeah, I mean, like, the price is probably too high for like a scholastic. How much is this going to retail for? 60. Yeah. Responsive classroom is huge. I mean, that's the part of teaching that I loved. Like I was a special education teacher, so mm -hmm. I loved teaching social emotional skills. Like that was what honestly I felt like the kids needed the most. And you really... Quite frankly, you can't learn math and like English until you have those skills. So yeah. my thinking of as sales, like as you start to think about your sales, I love the idea of going the old-fashioned way, you know, to me, the parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I almost feel like 
going to administration or special education conferences and or it's also very Montessori in my opinion. Yes, or it Montessori and it's having so a pipeline of those those yeah. places. Like, you know, for instance, if you're a salesperson and you sold these are things you're going to learn about if you don't know about them as a parent, and I don't know if you'll remember them from school. Um, but like the iReadies of the world, like a software program where they're doing assessments. Yeah. All of those salespeople, yeah. sales education trainers, will have the relationships in the administration level where yeah. if you had someone like that freelancing. Like, a, like, a, like an Amy Scholes. Like yes. We know a lot of people that work in education like from a curriculum standpoint okay. that if you can get in with like a curriculum person yep. who like manages a lot of these schools or has relationships with schools that's what Steph Nealis does like I know I could name like four more people a lot of people that were teachers Kristen Grip too yeah and they're like second chapter of teaching instead of doing this yep. decided to go into like consulting or right. curriculum development and so if we could figure out ways and that's what we do I mean we try as, as dream catchers we help connect right now that you're an official dream catcher, having been on our podcast, and now we'll be in our directory, we then are able to connect you to right. the people that we know. No, that's awesome. Um, Thank you. Which is really a, a huge part of this and why we do what we do, because we love that layer. Because getting you in front of those right audiences, whether it's a teacher or somebody in curriculum, the toy stores. Um, ironically, also, when Deanna reached out, it was right after New York Toy Fair, um, which is a big trade show in the city. For those that don't know, most industries have a trade show, Toy Fair being the one for kids and toys. Um, and she had a booth there. And the reason I knew is, good for you, it was in her bio of her Instagram feed, and I saw it said, like, Toy Fair booth, blah, blah, blah. And Another so, one of my friends, by the way. Told you was, to do that? Was like, why is this not in your bio? I'm like, it I don't know what your I'm bio. Doing. So it's when I saw that, and I'm so glad your friend told you to do that, and I saw that, and unfortunately it was like Monday after Toy Fair that I saw it. Because yeah, you reached out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my husband was at Toy Fair all weekend. And yeah. I was like, oh, because my husband works in this industry, which is another connection that we've talked about making for you. And I was like, I was like, Dave, I'm like, somebody just reached out blindly and like wants to be on my podcast. That was, you know, I was like bragging yeah. slash telling him what happened. And I'm like, wait, she was at Toy Fair this weekend. And he goes, I think I passed her booth. So, so and by the way, hundreds oh, of it's booths. Unbelievable. So the fact that he actually said that unprompted, like he wouldn't say that if he yeah. didn't. He because passed it and, and must have noticed your setup. Because well, it's pretty. Say, when you look at this, as somebody that... Um, yeah, like aesthetically, he must aesthet- have I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a mental wellness person. Like, you're saying all my buzzwords. And I'm looking at this, and I find it common. Yeah, he probably stopped because he thought it was interesting. That was definitely the goal. And I will say, like, aesthetically, I did... Not to toot my own horn, but like I stood out because I'm at a toy convention. Right, so, like so everything's like look, in the primary. Everything's very yeah. loud yeah. in your it, face. And, and it's not a toy, but it needs to be a toy fair. It's it not smart it's, that you did that. It's not a toy. It's a mental health tool, but right, it's the same. All the buyers are there. Yes, all the yes, retailers yes. are there. It's important for you to be there. And going back to the school thing, it's so important for me to be in schools eventually. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like. There's only so much I could. I'm only. I'm like a one man, one woman right. show. How much yes. can you so, do? So, but that's definitely in the vision. Um, I'm Long actually. Term. It's funny you say that. I'm talking right now. I went back to my alma mater, Monmouth University, mm-hmm. and they're actually interested in doing um, a research study. Awesome. Because I really want to get this research backed, and so that you can show like the facts that it works. Yeah, that it works. And like, what's important to me is like in working with schools, like. The person, the consumer who buys this for sixty dollars, 
they have access to it. That's access. They have privilege. They have, obviously, they can afford that. Mm. They can give that to their child. If I can get in schools, I can access children whose parents can't Mm -hmm. afford that. But I could still help them, and I could still give them those tools, even though the people taking care of them can't afford a product like this. You know, and I also will have to say, like, as I I am not in academia, um, but I did self-publish two children's books. Oh, cool. Um, And it is part of my DNA uh, vibe, bio, or journey, where I was trying to explain work, career, and a working parent to young people that belonged to me at the time and explain why I was not at pickup. Oh, I love that. Because mm-hmm. my my generation was in between. Yeah. So I'm not a millennial. Yeah. I'm like that weird one that's right before millennial. You're like, I don't like, know I'm where like to go. I'm like at the top. I'm not <laughs> that missing one that's at the top. So, you know, I was one of the first of the the first generation to work and mm-hmm. also be home really new. before it was cool. Right. And trendy. I was mm-hmm. trying to explain that in a book. Yeah. And there aren't a lot of tools to explain hard concepts that are outside of books. Mm-hmm. So I like that this is actually a thinking activity. Yeah. An interactive activity. I agree. And not necessarily something you just put on your shelf and I'm just trying to think like other than a traditional toy like what is a development like how there aren't that many things no right so to teach a lesson with like you're actually giving a tool in a toolbox so I love it I think it's brilliant genius okay so tell us these are our fun like dream catchery wrap-up questions that we love to ask uh, I'm a bright light I know I love that we leave with light we always say that um, those are yours, so you can take them out. And them. It's yours. I'm, I'm, I need them. Yeah, we should positive self. <laughs> so I am worthy. So many. I am supported. Are like, can you make All right. Them for me? <laughs> so I am a dreamer. What is? Oh, I'm a dreamer. Um, that was one of the biggest fights my husband and I ever got into. Yep. So talking about I am a dreamer, I also have I am a manifester, which I don't think is a real word, but I made it up because beside for the mental health, positive self talk. I really think we need to teach our children early on that they can manifest whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we teaching this at 30 years old? Yeah. Why am I just finding out about this? Yeah. Why am I just <laughs> starting to meditate and talk to myself in a way where, like, I envision Because the teachers. generation above me thought it was weird. By the way, that's why we called this episode of How What's the Matter. Because powerful, the, though, yeah. if you teach your children this at three years old mm. and they become accustomed to doing this their entire life. What they will be able to accomplish I agree. is insane. I agree. Yeah. I think that that's why we call this What's the Matter? Because I think the concept of positive mindset is so weird. Woo-woo, you said, I think, before, yeah. right yeah. now. But I think... It's my strong suit. But like, we, that's something that we <laughs> talk about all the time, and we happen to be cut from that cloth. But it, it wasn't necessarily talked about as no. norm until more recently. And why is that, right? So if, if we can have a tool to help our children do that. So actually, that's a good lead into our next question, which I was about to say, what is your superpower? Um, we believe that everyone has one. Um, I could probably come up with a couple for you right now. But do you consider yourself to have a superpower when it comes to this kind of stuff? I think your superpower is, you know, 
helping kids manifest their self-talk from when they're a kid but do you, Thank you consider yourself to have one um I think my superpower would probably be I have a really really strong sense of intuition yeah I was gonna say awareness so like even to the that's point that's Marissa's that's mm-hmm. Marissa's superpower mm-hmm. what horoscope are you my my what, am a I horoscope oh am I are you a Scorpio no I'm a Pisces uh, I knew you were a Pisces when's your birthday um when's your birthday I feel like you're March cuspy 9th. Stop it. What? Me Who's... too, girl. Shut up. Really? March 9th. You're March 9th? I am. I'm oh, my God. Yes. Birthday twin. I love it. I had a feeling, everything she was saying, that she was a Pisces yeah. the whole time. I am Overthinker, such a Pisces. Overthinker, welling up in tears, creative. It's crazy. I'm well-spoken. Well-spoken, passionate. Yeah. Pisces. Thank you. And March 9th. I'm only yeah. two years above you, but March 9th. Crazy. Also, Biggie died on her birthday. I know. Um, <laughs> that's very true. Also, it's Barbie's birthday. It's Barbie's birthday. They're like, Barbie was invented on March 9th. Um, and Biggie died on her birthday. I mean, oh, my God. That's so fun. Yeah. One of my best friends that I made later in life is also March 9th. And, like, having birthday twins is super fun. Um, I was going to say, when's your birthday? And you were like, as you were speaking, I'm like, she's going to say March 9th. I don't know why. I just, like, thought that's that. So what funny. were you saying before that, though? Oh, you that said her, something. she said, what's your what's your sign? Because you were saying, she was saying her intuition is such her, her superpower. So, so my, yeah, my superpower is intuition. But um, I am actually a cusp. Okay. Um. And I truly, truly am. Like, I actually thought for originally you were cuspy, um, but then I landed in my head that you were Pisces, which I'm not surprised. Would you have guessed that we had the same birthday? No. So my moon is in, is Aries. So I'm like fire and water. Yeah. So I I don't know enough about, (laughs) I admit that I don't know enough about that I don't know oh, enough about that. I know, and your, I, I'm. She I has get, all. The I have it all. Flip out once you. Like I have them. it all, and I, I do get involved. Like, okay, so, so I am a Cancer Gemini, which it's okay. We're all yeah. okay. Like I'm okay. Um, but I, it's not. I'm not that okay. It's not. It's two really, really, really <laughs> difficult so signs. I am, the, I am the most true Pisces in the in the world. I think, and so I guess so are you. Yeah. yeah. No. Maybe it's just our birthday. I I am a Gemini Cancer, and I say it. With apologies, and <laughs> I have gotten all my things read. And but my biggest challenge, one of my many, 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 many challenges, is a sensitive Gemini. I mean, a sensitive Cancer with multiple personalities. Um, <laughs> That's a lot. I a lot. was <laughs> pregnant with a Sag. Yeah. And she is her birthday is next week. Actually, Same. her birthday is this weekend. Same. And I did not know how I was going to do it. It's yeah. very hard. Sagittarius is tough. And I actually think. That she is one of the reasons why I am stronger. Mm. And teach us a lot. also, teach us those kids of ours. Also, I realized, you know, I didn't have this bandwidth that you do or that you're creating, but I knew that a Sag was somebody that was so, you know, I had to figure out how to make sure she didn't tell you that she didn't like your shirt. Like, I, I had a yeah, like. Yeah, they like have ver- like zero like, filter. Right? And I have explained, that, I mean, it's so great. I like, also, like, that. by the way, as a watery person, like we tend to be passive aggressive. Like I'm not saying be aggressive, but like just so say it like it is. I'm not. I'm very direct. So so am I. My husband direct. hates how direct I am. I mean, I love you. I'm like, but, but like, like why know. are we? Why are we doing it? Like, I think what? I'm pretty direct. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm passive aggressive. If anything, I'm either direct or, or aggressive. I, no, no, or I don't <laughs> say anything at all. Anyone else listening? Um. Like, if I, like, yeah. want to say something That's very someone, Pisces to just, like, I would retreat. never, I'm direct or I'm, 
like with aggression or I'm quiet and I don't say Yeah, that. no, you're I'm direct, direct with aggression. I'm not, I'm not passive That's aggressive. Me. I'm, I'm not going to say like a weird side no. comment like she would. You were like more. I'm much, much better. I don't do that the way I used to because I've gotten stronger. I'm direct if I care. Yeah. I say nothing if I don't care. Same. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of things yeah. at this point. It's very telling. No, you, as you get older, you care less. Care about. Right. You care less. Okay, so sorry. But that was very funny. Tell us what inspires you because this obviously takes, besides, of course, your children and the kids you taught, this, what you're about to encounter and what you're about to embark on. It's going to be hard work. It's hard work. Yeah. So what keeps you inspired and what keeps you going? And what makes you want to continue doing this I think yourself? so beyond my actual children is just, like, the legacy of, mm. like, this mission. I agree. Like, I feel That's how we feel about our mission, too. Yeah. Like, I'm on a mission. And I have such a purpose. Like, I think my whole life had led you to this point. I really have been kind of unguided mm. and begging the universe to give me a purpose. Please give me something. This is it. I want to feel like I'm on the right path. Mm. I had to go through hell to get there. As we all did. But yeah. I asked and I asked and I asked. And I finally got it. Mm. And I feel so connected to it. Like so connected to it. Mm. And I also grew up with parents that I really admire, especially mm -hmm. like career like career wise, my dad. Mm, same. And like just growing up as a kid, he was like, in, like I was like he's like some hero. Like mm. he worked on Wall Street. He really came from nothing, mm. and like this life that he gave us, and just how passionate he was about what he did. I. Just always admired that, but I didn't see myself in that because I could never be a finance person. Mm. So I was like, I guess that's not for me. But I mm. always wanted that, and I'm now that I have kids, I just want them to look at me one day and be like, that was really cool that mom was able to do that. Because mm. that's agree. how I look at him, you know? Yeah, I agree. So your dad and just kids in general and the next generation, I agree with you. I think that's one of the major reasons we do our work is so that we can – I hate to say it this way because it sounds so cliche, but you're changing the world. Like you're trying I also to tell change your little. I want to have an impact. I do. And you're changing the, the little piece of the world that you can control. Yeah. Which is exactly how we feel. And I think all of a sudden now I'm like this business owner and I'm this salesperson. Two things I would have never thought I would be. And like I went to Toy Fair and the booths around me were like, you have so much energy. Like, it's like you're you believe a natural in salesperson. I'm like, but I'm not. I hate selling people on anything. But it's because I you can believe in it. the mission of yes. what I'm because doing. That it. it's I like, was always a good salesperson because I could believe in it. There are two kinds of salespeople. I can't believe in everything. No. My husband's there, in sales. There are He's two kinds of salespeople. Right <laughs> a person that can sell ice to an Eskimo and the person that knows that the Eskimo doesn't eat ice. I was always the second. Yes. Um, and that doesn't mean that it's just I'm not cut out to sell something I don't believe in. My friends make fun of me because our first job You're better together, at it than I am, though. You, yeah. Like, you were able to still, she used to be able to, Make it you know, work. close close the deal. Where if I wasn't feeling it, I just, or I, like, couldn't deal with the energy of the client or the candidate was giving no, me a hard time, I'm out. Like, she's like, I, I got to close the deal. No, I'm like, I'm yeah, out. Yeah, because she's sales-driven, because at the end of the day, it's money. Yeah, sales no, is not money. for me. So I, she, the reason why we work really well together is she tends to pick up where I leave off and yeah. vice versa. And so for me, with everything, so I feel like for me, I was always, I would always struggle with like, well, if you don't want it, I don't want to sell it to you. Yeah, exactly. That's how I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, I don't want to sell it. That doesn't really help. It doesn't, it doesn't like, really exactly help. exactly how I like, am. Like, you gotta want to buy it. Like, just buy the thing. Um, totally. I, I, I relate to that. Okay. Speaking of buying things. Yeah. So, 
We like to talk about, so we've talked about, I mean, this, if you want to talk about a podcast where you don't feel like you're looking at a question, this is it, right? But one of the questions that we like to ask everybody, in addition to the ones that we've covered, is, and I know you're a consumer, is there a crush, or we call it a dream crush, of something in your life that just you can't live without? Is it a brand that you can't or live that, without? Or, or that a, you've like modeled it, like just, that just anything. is doing it right. That yeah. you're just like really into. Super into. Yep. Um, and we like to do macro and micro. So if there's something locally, because we're both, right? Mm-hmm. This is going out to lots of people. This conversation can matter to people that are in Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. as much as Bayshore. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I'm saying to you, like, is there something locally that, you couldn't live without that you absolutely love and or is there a brand that you completely crush on that you admire and are inspired by and that hope that the mindset tapestry will be um will be as empowering as this particular brand yep yeah so i would say there's two people that definitely really inspire me i don't know if you know lauren and michael bostick they have their own podcast i listen to their podcast i mean almost every Definitely every week. And what is their podcast? What is their podcast called? So, he owns his own company, Dear Media. He start. They started a podcast together called The Skinny Confidential. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Lauren, first of all, just the way they live their life, like dream couple for me. Mm. Like, that's how I feel about um, Jesse and Sarah. Well, do you did you ever listen to when you were talking about finding the the manufacturer before? Have you ever listened to How I Built This? All the time. But specifically, Sky Raz obsessed. But um, specifically the one about Spanx, Sarah Blakely. I might not have listened to So Sarah Blakely and Jesse Itzler are like literally like that for me, like dream couple. He started Marquee Jet, or or was it Net Jets? One of the big jet companies. Sorry, Jesse. What? Sorry, Sorry, Jesse. Jesse. I'm not 100% sure, but your wife's more important to me. Um, She started Spanx literally with a prototype. couple. Like, walked into, didn't know anything right. about anything. Same kind of concept, and now is, like, one of the most powerful women. So you were talking about Lauren. So that Lauren and Michael, um, I just love the way they live their life. They're super, like, even the way they are with their kids and their mindset. Like, I feel like they're, they've really taught me along this journey. Like, they really helped me get out of my postpartum. Started working out. I started eating differently. Like, I just changed everything, and I almost needed a model to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just made it easy because they just tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to them, and everything's always positive, and they're all about learning. And that's kind of something that I've become accustomed to, like, I'm at this point in my life where, like, I love reality TV. I love the minutia. Sometimes you got to shut the brain off. Mm. But every day I should be learning something mm-hmm. that's going to take me further, that I'm going to grow from, that I'm going to be able to apply to my life and make it better. And I think the content we sometimes consume is just noise and mm-hmm. it sets you back. And I think you need to be really selective about the content that you consume. That's mm-hmm. like my biggest thing. And they've taught me that. Actually, Lauren's a big routine girl. She's all about like her morning routine. Her kids need a routine. They take their vitamins. It's always like a health routine. And I reached out to her, and I want to give her kids the Mindset Tapestry. Oh, I love it. And she sent, I got from her assistant their address. Amazing. So once my shippers come in, Lauren and Michael Bostick, Zaza and Towns are getting one. Amazing. Just in time for the holidays. And I (laughs) cannot wait because this girl is all about her self-care routine. Yeah. She's going to love this. She's going to love it. That sounds amazing. 
Right? I love, I love that. that for you. I love that for I you, too. I do, too. Okay, Bring so that's, that's, a, that's a big manifest dream crush. I love that so much. Anything locally? I mean, I know you're a little bit further south than us, but any other, besides Bellworks, obviously, is a, is a crush for all of us. That's why, you know, your husband works in the building, so you probably are here more often than most people that are not from around here. Yeah. But um, anything locally? Anything else that you want to shout out? I think I'm just, like, super inspired by... I've kind of been in my own teaching bubble for a mm-hmm. long time. Now I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to bring it to the world. I'm trying to get brand, brand awareness. I'm connecting locally with people now that I never, never talked to before. Mm-hmm. Like both what? of you. Yeah, like um, Paige from Jake and Ted Toys. She's similar and like she has a really strong mission for what she's building. She's in Shrewsbury. We're actually going to be at the Grove on the 17th. She does like a little pop-up. Um, Raising Sunshine, which is another um, amazing um, woman who started like childcare classes, but like not. I don't I've seen that. Yeah, like I'm just I'm so. I can inspired. picture the little cute logo. I'm so inspired by like the moms today that are just getting it done. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's just getting it done, and like it seems like everyone's just driven by this. Like, it's just amazing. Like, I'm so inspired by these people, and I just want to be a part of it. And I want mm. to meet more. Like, locally, we're so black. Like, is everyone's, like, towns like this? Like, what is going on? I don't think so. On? I got to be honest. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't it's think like so. a fountain of, I don't know. like... Yeah, I, I don't know. That's not fair to the rest of everywhere. I don't know. Like, I know you just. I just. I know you just met our friend Shannon yes, right before like, this. Everyone's so and incredible. she's very. And she's very. Um, big on connecting the women that do all this incredible stuff. Yeah. In fact, we were at her home a few weeks ago for a Mammoth Made event, me. and we met all of these girls that, many of whom we knew already, some we did not, that are just doing amazing things. Like, And don't you feel like everyone's, like, purpose-led and intentional? Yes, and which is why we love interviewing these people. They're and not talking just trying to, to make money. Yeah. They're not just trying to sell you something. Like there's like love and meaning behind it. Like another shout out, my sister in law. She's also a teacher. She's actually a BCBA in Wall. Mm-hmm. She is so talented and like she's a yogi. Like she's mm-hmm. incredible. She's now offering services for families with neurodivergent children. Mm-hmm. And like, but not your typical BCBA practices. Like infusing the mindfulness and the yoga practices into that which is such a fresh take on like your typical bcba services that like your kids are getting in schools like Mm -hmm. it's just i'm so inspired by. i think the world so if i can match your woo-woo um there has been a call a call to action the world has a lot of darkness in it it always has, but it's amplified by the accessibility to the darkness that we didn't have many years ago. Um, and there is a call to action by the universe that anyone that has light in them to channel mm. is being called to use it. I, well, I just got the chills. Yes. Like chills 100%. means truth. And so light workers. Sequence LLC. That's yeah. my sister-in-law, Kate. Of course, Kate Blasi. Sorry, I need to like. I love that. this. You came prepared, um, but we are all. I mean, I am. I Jamie and I call ourselves light workers. I am a traditional light worker, um, as I am a spiritual healer. Um, when I'm not doing this, doing this. 
but they're anybody that has light within them somehow is being asked to fine tune it so that we can counteract all the things that are happening that do not emit and, light. I mean, with the pandemic, yes, yes, it was terrible, and we're all still recovering from that. But we're but you're seeing a lot of rising, of so yes. much transformation, mm-hmm. so much love, so much. We will look back on it. Society will look back on it. History will look back on it. No different than you know what my daughter's learning right now um, from like Bohemia. From uh, what was the time when it was really dark? Middle Ages. <laughs> what was the time when it was really dark? And then they that, came that out moment. into where they started to do art and music and whatnot. Um, the Renaissance. The Renaissance. So there is something to response. be said. It's a response to a very trying time. You know, I think this has been such an amazing conversation. I knew from the moment you reached out and we had our first chat that this would be a, March a 9th. wonderful March 9th forever. I can't. Um, <laughs> Thank there you. are a lot of March 9th people. There are. There really are. There are. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for being here thank today. Thank you so and thank much. You for I'm so grateful. being vulnerable and sharing your story with us. Thank you to A Shared Universe for doing our sound as always. Thank you to Mindset Trapestry, which I cannot excited wait to see, to see you the su- everywhere. The success oh, that is you. headed your way and that Likewise. we hopefully can help you find as well um, through our connections and our web. And thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being here. And you know what? Thanks for being a helper. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I really am so grateful to the two of you. And right, everybody, so have a great day. Have a great day. Sweet dreams are made of these. If you're chasing a dream or looking to add the sparkle to an existing one, reach out. Let us help you turn your light on. You can learn more at www.thedreamcatchers.life or find us on Instagram at thedreamcatchers23. Let's get dreaming.